Hello everyone, a rare pod from myself, uh, talking FPL, not something I do very often at all, um, but it's international break, it's a subject that I've had in my mind for a, a while that I wanted to kind of discuss, and I was going to do a series of tweets about it, but I'm lazy, I thought that sounds like hard work, I'll just stick the phone on and record, I don't have anything in front of me, any notes or anything like that, <laughs> you'll be unsurprised to know, sat in the car waiting for my daughter to finish her reflects. uh, lesson but now's the time I thought so here we are what's the subject get to the point Luke um I guess the subject for me is how where do I see fantasy football going and where's the advantage to be gained now um because I think fantasy football is developing incredibly well incredibly fast and it's getting incredibly tough you know especially if you're an old school manager, I want to say. So someone who's played for a number of years and before we had any analytics, before we had YouTube, before we had anything like this, we used to make a lot of it based on what we watched on football and our guts calls, you know, and an understanding of the of the actual fantasy game as well, I want to add, because, you know, watching football wasn't always enough. We probably always got a mate who was pretty good at football or knew about football, but he wasn't any good at fantasy because he didn't really understand the game or, or have the attention span or whatever. So an intimate knowledge of how the game works, how players score points, and generally watching football. I mean, there were still stats about, but it wasn't anything like we have now. And that would usually you know, put you in pretty good stead to do fairly well. And ultimately, if it was your passion, if it was something you enjoyed, then you put the work in, generally you would get the rewards out. Now we're we're operating in an era where you know, we've got 9 million people playing the game, which is absolutely ridiculous, if not more. So instantly the competition's a lot harder. You know, the information that is available out there is so much more readily available. It's just, you know, you've got YouTube, which was never a thing you can just click. And let's be honest, if you want to do pretty well at this game, you can follow someone like Let's Talk, FPL, Andy, um, and do pretty well. I mean, the guy's job is pretty much playing FPL now, such as his um, his YouTube content been so successful. Um, you know, I can literally subscribe to him, loosely follow what he does, and probably do pretty well. I could throw in FPL Review, a great site that you could use pay money and um, you know do the recommended transfers most weeks FPL optimizations another website you know all know these other websites you know the stats that are available on FBREF now um, the analytical level the way XG works has just taken the game to a whole new playing field you know no longer does is your gut even important I would say it's just it's not even a factor you know then we add in effective ownership sites um, which help us to understand risk and the risk factor behind it. And although I don't think EO is the way to play optimally, you can obviously use that to your advantage when decisions are close. Now, why would I make an EO risk, for example, when the effective value between two transfers is negligible anyway? That's another discussion. I don't want to get into that. But the point is the tools are all there for anyone to just come into this game, never have watched football before, um, not even care about football, and do pretty damn well. Even though there are 9 million players, you can still do well. When I say well, I mean like top 100k, that's a, it's pretty damn good. You know, there is a lot of variance, which again is something I don't want to get onto, that can sway these things either way. You can play optimally the whole season um, and probably finish in the top 5k. You can finish 100k and that will just be down to little bits of variance. Obviously every week when I say optimal, there'll be two or three transfers that look pretty much equal. And you may pick one of the three that does poor and the other two do great, for example. You know, there's a, I get you guys grasp what I'm saying here. Um, 
you know variance is is the is the master of where we ultimately end up but playing to a really really high level now which these models can tell you if you are doing or not is going to probably most of the time land you in a pretty damn good spot so how do i gain an advantage over these people how do i do better than them and that's a really really tricky thing to answer i think because i don't know people listening to this and i don't know if they feel like me but i don't want fantasy football to be like that really um as much as i think it's all great this stuff coming out um you know i don't really want it to be who can who can play like a robot the best but ultimately that is probably the way to do it to get consistently high finishes and um it's just a new way of playing which is hard for some people to adapt to i guess you know you still hear a lot of very very recent but recency bias on twitter you know a lot of form talk a lot of stuff that yeah again i don't want to get into but i don't think is necessarily helpful a lot of bias is is probably the best way to put it and i'm not saying everyone's getting rid of that and everyone's brilliant but i think as people develop they'll realize that the best way to play this game is pretty much like a robot <laughs> unfortunately and is that fun not really but that's another conversation uh some people just find fun in green arrows so fair enough i'm going off on a bit of a tangent where's the advantage I think the advantage now really comes from expected minutes. And I think a lot of the guys who run the models and um, you know, these fantastic sites will tell you it's one of the hardest things to get right. You know, you can look at a player's historical data and see that he's a fantastic pick, a fantastic option uh, or a poor option. And there'll be peaks and troughs along the way. But in general, players continue down a consistent path you know it doesn't usually change too much you know maybe with a change in team a change in tactical position development of the player or fall off due to age or whatever else these things can change and at quite short notice but in the main there's a quite um obvious trajectory it doesn't go in massive peaks and troughs either way and if it does they're probably not a useful fantasy asset anyway um so where's the advantage? I think the advantage is trying to work out expected minutes. And obviously, you know, people say, well, you would say that. That's why you try and predict Man City lineups and stuff. And yeah, I suppose that's part of it. Um, where's the human input, basically? And I'm sure in the future we'll have robots that are far better able to predict these things and they'll be able to uh, model this even in better than we are currently. But I think we're a little bit behind still. And let me give you an example. It's expected minutes is extremely hard to gauge that's never going to change i'm not here to give you the key suddenly say look if you follow this or you listen to what i'm going to say suddenly you're going to become rank one because i'd be sat there and that's not the case it's it's i think that sometimes the models can be slow for expected minutes and some and because we use historical data it's only uh, i mean it's obvious you go by that so let's say i don't know reese james gets a thousand minutes this season Obviously, he's got far more than that, but let's say he got that. The models aren't going to predict him to have much more the next season, are they? Let's say they don't sign anyone or whatever else. You know, they don't just suddenly jump on a whim. They obviously use the information that is ha at hand. So you need to sort of preempt change a little bit. Now, the pricing this season on some of these wingbacks and the way that football is played now, um, you know, it's just it's just dated. We know that not only is the analytical side and fantasy football moving forward, but real football is moving forward. You know, if you were to play, I was thinking about this the other day, again, another tangent, Manchester United treble winning side. You know, they're fantastic. You know, I thought they were the, the best team ever, you know, growing up, loved them. You've got York and Cole up front, you know, Keane, Skulls, Beckham, Giggs, etc. Stam, and they were a great team, great time for that era. If you played them now against Liverpool or Man City, they would get battered. 
they would get battered. Keane was a great player, you know, he was a very good player for the time, but you watch any game now, we, you know, Rodri's a far better passer, for example. He just, it's just a completely different era of football. Um, and FPL is still very much based, I feel like, off of that standard practice of like a 4-4-2. You know, they didn't have players like Trent Alexander-Arnold back then, really. Um, or the way the tactics have developed, the inside forwards and, and stuff. And the pricing FPL is a little bit dated. Now, this season, it could be completely different. Maybe they'll cotton on to that and we'll get some far more expensive players. But where am I going with all this? Reese James started the season at like 6 million. And the only reason I can think of that is, A, they didn't anticipate how good of a player he could be in a system like that. But also, it's on the expected minutes, which is fair enough, because he never really got them before. If we use another player that's even probably a little bit easier to see, it was Cancelo. Now, Cancelo, to even think of it now that Zinchenko could challenge Cancelo for a position in the Man City team is ludicrous. Cancelo, anyone can see that, that he is a fantastic player. Now, we didn't have him because the last, the back end of last season, he was rotated a lot. So his expected minutes was low. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be worth six million? Understandable, but not really. Not in hindsight. When you look back now, it seems like a bit of a silly decision, doesn't it? I'm not saying that therefore we can uh, just chuck these players in on the whim. That's definitely not the case. But I think the advantage to be gained is looking at players and teams and systems and trying to work out, you know, is this player, is his upside so good, so high, that even if I do expect his minutes to be slightly less, um, you know, are they are they still the better option? We had a recent example of Rudiger versus Reese James and a lot of the, I say the older, more sensible heads would have gone for Rudiger. Um, he ended up missing one of the games. Forget the outcome. Forget the outcome that Reese James even did well. Let's forget that. The fact that Reese James even played one game of the two is probably enough to pick him over someone who might play two. That is how high the upside on these players are. This is where the expected minutes of certain individuals or across the board needs to be reevaluated. I think. Picking Cancelo, picking Reese James, picking Trent Alexander-Arnold, players that at the beginning of the season except for Trent's case, probably people wouldn't have touched. I didn't touch Cancelo to begin with, even though I thought he was going to be more nailed on. You know, I didn't necessarily think he'd be nailed on as he is this season, because it's been incredible. Um, but I didn't pick him because Man City's games were bad. I mean, for me, that's a bad decision, really. It's a pretty poor decision. I think Man City's games being bad isn't necessarily a deterrent to them. I think Cancelo's minutes were a lot more... Um, likely than we expected and ultimately we're talking about a player who has upside through the roof you know he has it through the roof it doesn't matter if he's away to Arsenal or away to whoever in a game necessarily don't get me wrong it has an impact he's more likely to score points at home to Watford than he is away to Arsenal I understand that but we're talking about a player who is heavily involved in the attacking phases of the of the game and he's priced at six million as a defender now that's far too cheap so I think FPL would have priced him more, and they will this season, if they knew he would play more minutes, is the bottom line. I think I don't think there was any secret that this guy was very, very good attacking me, offensively. Um, it comes down to the expected minutes. So when we come to... Where am I going with these? this, really? It's just when we come to next season, when we look at the models, when we talk in, amongst ourselves and we talk about players being nailed, this player being nailed, that player being nailed... Things can change along those those sides, you know. Players who were incredibly nailed, this player's nailed, I'm going to pick him, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the next season, and vice versa. I think sometimes if you have a player where, 
Um, the upside looks so incredibly high. It's particularly looking at fullbacks and winbacks compared to centre backs, and the price is not that different. Um, I think you go for the player who with with uh, with more upside. I think you go for although it hasn't worked out. You know, you go for Doherty in the Spurs team over one of the centre backs for security. Now I'd be saying this even if Doherty got dropped in the last couple of games, because. Like I say, the upside is incredible. So the advantage to me really is trying to get, uh, trying to work around expected minutes, trying to accurately gauge them, I guess. And the models will probably do a better job than, than nearly all of us. But sometimes things will fall by the wayside. And I feel like as we move forward, the future of fantasy football is going to come down to who can judge the minutes of certain players, especially as some of the bigger squads like we've seen Man City, Liverpool, stuff like that. These guys are improving and just getting further and further away from other teams. Man City squad's ridiculous. Liverpool now have added Diaz to their front line. You know, next season, I don't think there's, any, there's anyone who can sit here categorically and say it's going to be Salah, Salah, Mane, Firmino as a front three, as their best three. You know, Diaz and Jota could easily be in that. So suddenly we're going to be in a situation where we have to calculate expected minutes there. Yes, yes we are. And those who get it right, is where the advantage is, I feel, because the upside and how good these teams are is probably worth the risk on some of the expected minutes. And that comes for, you know, the fullbacks, the wingbacks, whoever else, the rotatable positions in that team sometimes. Uh, and I think more teams are going that way as well. You know, the more top-level coaches we're getting in the Premier League and the more teams who have seen this vision and are able to, to do something about it in terms of money are going this way, you know, the Sean Dyche's 4-4-2 Burnleys of this world are, are not long for it, are they? You know, Patrick Vieira comes into Palace and instantly changes them to this kind of style of team. You know, even he rotates in the front line. You've got Brighton to do the same thing with Potter. You know, this is this is the way that football is going. You're going to have bigger squads. You're going to have more tactically um, established or creative managers. And expecting minutes is going to be the big sway, I think, as long as you're following the optimization models and playing effective you know effective value where you can it's going to come down to minutes that was the whole point of the pod hopefully we can get better at doing this as we move forward get better judges um and use it to our advantage and yeah that's pretty much all i had to say if you have any comments about this that's just pure rambling probably uh likes subscribes subscribe i don't even know if you can to anchor but yeah hopefully you enjoyed it Maybe I'll do another one in the future. Catch you later, guys.